Hey, hey, hey. Uh, welcome to episode 15, staycurious.org podcast. We are going to bum rush this real quick. So buckle up, get your notepads out or your Evernotes or whatever you take notes with, or just listen well, because we've done this three times already and we keep having errors, technical difficulties, and all sorts of happy horse shit that's happening. And we're, we're done. I'm done. We're going to give you the quick version of St. Patrick's Day history. And so apologies if you are a slow listener. Uh, we're going to be bum-rushing this pretty quickly and trying to get it done and published before tomorrow. But today's show is specifically designated to St. Patrick and celebrating. So here we go. First off, St. Patrick's Day celebrates, of guess who? St. Patrick, the patron saint of Ireland. This influential missionary has been credited with bringing Christianity to Ireland. You know, St. Patrick's Day takes place on March 17th in each year, but not because of St. This is not St. Patrick's birthday. It's his actual death. And uh, most historians believe that, uh, you know, this man died on around March 17th, uh, 461 A.D. So there you go. Do your math. How long ago is that? A while. Uh, and the church began observing uh, a special feast to honor this guy uh, starting in 1631. And similar to any other holiday, St. Patrick's Day has its own traditions, get-ups, and food associated with it, which we'll briefly cover and uh, let you know the listener who and what these things are. Uh, but also, St. Patrick's Day has a lengthy history, which will randomly give you some brief facts and go over and share some of the simple ones for you to kind of recite tomorrow if and when you go out celebrating this guy's death. I mean, this guy, apparently he knows how to put the fun in funeral, which is great. Uh, but con contrary to popular ignorance, most people think that St. Patrick's Day is traditionally a party hardy, ho party hardy holiday, which is actually false. The truth lies there right in the guy's name, St. Patrick's Day. It's actually been historically a feast for a Catholic saint, best known for converting native Irish people to Christianity. Up until the 1700s, it was a day in the Catholic calendar in observance uh, for uh, a, a, a saint important to and popular in Ireland and not much anywhere else. And even in Ireland, Catholics honored St. Patrick's with prayer and quiet reflection. St. Patrick's Day, as we know it today, started in America in the late 19th in early 20th century, when large numbers of newly arrived Irish immigrants began using the day as a way to celebrate their Irish heritage. And, you know, ironically, between 1903 and 1970, most pubs in Ireland were closed because of St. Patrick's Day uh, was a religious holiday. So you couldn't even go out and get a Guinness or whatever they were drinking back then. Uh, however, the holiday was reclassified as a national holiday, and the national uh, and the nation started drinking even on this day. Um, what did I just say? Drink on this day has become strong St. Patrick's Day tradition. But could you imagine that now? Instead of going out and celebrating and getting shit-canned, you know, kind of white girl wasted on Guinness or whatever they're they're peddling nowadays, JMO, um, just having all these folks come together in quiet manner to kind of pray and reflect on their choices, especially this last year with the COVID. That would be an interesting way to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. But uh, I'm guessing... Uh, it's not going to go down like that, especially here in Cleveland. From what I'm hearing, uh, the, the, the the restrictions are lifted, bars are open. Uh, so I'm anticipating a shit show, which, uh, you know, after a year of quarantine and being grounded, all this self-reflection 
Uh, I'm guessing that 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 ain't happening tomorrow. I know for a fact I'm going to be out going out, but, you know, with my hand sanitizer and my masks and heading out to the local pubs in Cleveland, handing out these lovely staycurious.org bands Um, like it's my job because actually it is my job to promote this podcast and promote this uh, brand. So I'm going to be running around Cleveland and uh, checking out some bars in Cleveland and, and, uh, you know, giving them some free swag and getting these lovely green wristbands out there. So if you're in a drunk mood tomorrow and you want to support this podcast, buy one or a hundred. That would be great. And uh, I'll send you a personalized note with some other stuff, random stuff from my apartment if you want it. Uh, But yeah, just uh, that's what I'm doing tomorrow. And it's going to be an interesting day to kind of get out and kind of capitalize on this green day, if you will. So if you happen to be in Cleveland downtown tomorrow and you see, see me running around bald headed dude, uh, you know, that's, that's me. And, uh, yeah, come up and ask for a band. And I'll give you one. Um, with that said and done, here's a l- couple random facts that you can cram into your mental desktop for tomorrow's shenanigan- shenanigans, uh, or just for your own kind of carnal knowledge when someone else asks you, or you need something to make some small talk chit chat, even though I, uh, not a fan of the small talk and chit chat, but you know, holidays are an exception, but anyways, the real St. Patrick was actually born in Britain, and much what what is known about St. Patrick's life has been interwoven between folklore and legend, and historians generally believe St. Patrick was born in Britain near the end of the 14th, or I'm sorry, near the end of the 4th century. At age 16, he was actually kidnapped by Irish raiders and sold as a slave to a Celtic priest in Northern Ireland, which is fucking weird uh, to a degree. Um, but after toiling around for six years as a shepherd, he uh, escaped back to Britain and he eventually returned to Ireland as a Christian missionary, um, you know, which is where where that guy's story started, I guess. Uh, moving on to leprechauns, these creepy little bastards. Uh, leprechauns are likely based on Celtic fairies. Uh, the red haired green cloth leprechaun commonly is associated with St. Patrick's Day, obviously. Uh I will forever be terrified of leprechauns. I don't give a shit how lovely they are. That leprechaun movie that came back out in like 1980 with the dude from Willow, that shit was terrifying. Um, Reminds me of like just a fucking garbage pail kid that just could not, that his favorite color is green. It was, it's creepy and crazy. And so I hope I don't see any of these little bastards tomorrow. Uh, that would be weird. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I will run. I will drop my swag and run. Um, but anyways, the original Irish name for these figures of folklore is called Laborican, which is spelled, I'm, I'm per- mush-mouthing that, I know, but it's L-O-B-A-I-R-C-I-N. And it means small-bodied fellow, which is in itself fucking hilarious. But um, belief in leprechauns actually stems from Celtic belief in fairies tiny men and women who would use their magical powers to serve good or evil. In Celtic folktales, leprechauns were actually cranky souls responsible for mending the shoes of other fairies. Uh, Leprechauns wear green on St. Patrick's Day, but there's a good reason for them to wear blue, actually. Irish folklore suggests that there aren't any females. Uh, Insert cancel culture this year, because this next part is actually really, really kind of like giving them the seeds and uh, that generation to kind of have their way with this holiday. So we'll be interested to see, cause, but I know they like to party, so we'll, we'll see how this comes out afterwards. But, you know, there's an ancient book called A History of Irish Fairies, which reveals there are no evidence of there ever being female leprechauns. 
Um, and without female leprechauns, you know, I have a fucking major question here is how do these leprechaun populations maintain themselves? Well, thank you, Google. And thank you, Curiosity, because I do have an answer for you. And it's quite astonishing. Uh, sex, But there are some experts that suggest that they don't procreate at all. But from what I did find, they do procreate, ladies and gentlemen, and they use lengthy shellany sticks that are similar to magic wands that are strategically inserted into their putrid little anuses that cause the small genitalia of the leprechaun to become female sex organs for approximately 10 minutes. Within this time frame, the leprechauns become an impregnated, fe- impregnated female that quickly gives live birth via their asshole to a newborn leprechaun and they're born like already old beard and already clothed and ready to work as an assistant cobbler at any Irish shoe store where the unemployment rate is sky high, thus turning the leprechaun into a male whore. And if you believed any of that, uh, you are gullible. And I totally made that up by cup copying and pasting multiple answers from Cora. So hopefully if you, uh, got this far into the podcast and listen to that you're either laughing or turning this off and finding a new podcast to listen to but if you laughed keep listening there's more uh the shamrock was actually considered a sacred plant uh this is true um and the shamrock which is a three-leaf clover has been associated with ireland for centuries it was actually called the the seamroy i believe by the celts and was considered a sacred plant that symbolized the arrival of spring According to legend, St. Patrick used the plant as a visual guide when explaining the Holy Trinity. By the 17th century, the shamrock had become a symbol of emerging Irish nationalism. All of that was true, by the way. So back to, back to reality, I guess, for now. Um, number four, uh, the first St. Patrick's Day parade was actually held in America. Uh, while people in Ireland had celebrated St. Patrick's since the 1600s, the tradition of St. Patrick's Day parade began in America and actually predates the founding of the United States. So this is another, this is an example that I, I actually, th- this is all true from what I can tell. Uh, records show that a St. Patrick's Day parade was held on March 17th in 1601 in a Spanish colony in what is now St. Augustine, Florida. The parade and a St. Patrick's Day celebration one year earlier were organized by the Spanish colony's Irish vicar, uh, Ricardo Arter, A-R-T-U-R. But let's rewind and see what this fucking word V-I-C-A-R is. It's some sort of uh, entity, deity, I guess. Uh, a, a, a vicar is a Anglican parish priest in a parish where historically someone other than the priest, was entitled to the titties. Uh, And I'm not saying titties, I'm saying titties, T-I-T-H-E-S. Titties are a portion of one annual income contributed voluntarily or due as a tax, especially a contribution of one-tenth of of one's income for support of the clergy or church. So again, you know, Catholic Church kind of getting in their pocketbooks uh, all the way back to the 1600s, which is an interesting and we'll, you know, Table that for now and move right along. Uh, regarding the food and uh, that is is kind of like populated on 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 St. Patty's Day, corned beef and cabbage, obviously uh, very popular um, on both sides of the planet on, on both sides of the Atlantic here. 
And, uh, you know, this actually is an American innovation. Uh, the meal became a St. Patrick's Day staple across the country. Um, during the late 19th and early 20th centuries, I guess, um, ham and cabbage were actually eaten in Ireland, but corned beef offered a cheaper substitute for impoverished immigrants. And Irish Americans living in the slums of lower Manhattan uh, during the, you know, that kind of late 19th, early 20th century purchased leftover corned beef from the ships that were returning from the tea trade in China. So that, that's an interesting. And, and, and the way that they would prep it is that they would boil it. Um, they would boil a brief beef three times and then the last time with cabbage to remove some of the brine. So there you go. That's a quick kind of rundown about food, about the, the parades, about the shamrocks about male leprechauns and the, the Celtic fairies and who St. Patrick really was. Um, I'm going to give you a couple like random tidbits of some St. Patrick's Day tips or facts, I guess, um, and kind of, you know, keep them in your will, keep them up on your mental desktop. So if you, if you get to listen to this tomorrow or before tomorrow, um, you know, you know, throw this shit out there and see if anyone really pays attention or knows anything about the St. Patrick's Day, uh, celebration besides just getting blacked out. Um, First and foremost, the uh, New York City St. Patrick's Day Parade is the world's oldest civilian parade and the largest in the United States. Um, I know Cleveland canceled their parade, but I haven't seen any news about uh, New York City's canceling theirs. So apologies if if uh, nothing's happening in NYC. Um, Chicago is actually another big city that celebrates, has a big Chica- uh, you know St. Patty's Day history. Um, they actually dye their river green, um, and that tradition started back in 1962, apparently. Um, in Ireland, St. Patrick's Day has actually been viewed, as we, as we mentioned before, um, as a religious observance. And up until the 1960s, they had laws that forbid bars from being open that day. Uh, let's see what else we got here. It looks like up until, it wasn't until ni- uh, 1798, the year of the Irish Rebellion, that the color green became officially associated with St. Patrick's Day. Before then, uh, blue was the original color associated with St. Patrick. So that's some trivia that you should know. Green is not the official color of uh, St. Patrick's Day, but green is the official color of Stay Curious. So win for me, win for us, I guess. Um, and we all know Guinness and Jameson are the big drinks uh, that everyone's going to be you know, drinking tomorrow. And Guinness actually, uh, this is an interesting fact about Guinness beer. I personally cannot drink it. It's a little too heavy for my uh, little weak stomach and belly. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have a sip, but it's like a fucking meal for me. Uh, I stick to the Tito's and the clear drinks and the Trulies. So, you know, I mix them together once in a while uh, in time travel. Uh, but I kind of feel like a Scientologist kind of giving up the, the whiskeys and the uh, beers and going clear, if you will. It's just Tito's and Trulies for me. And uh, But, you know, tomorrow, if uh, some lucky lass wants to buy me a drink or some lucky dude, uh, you know, fuck it. I'll drink one. But anyways, Guinness, uh, is you know, comes from the original brewery is in Arthur, Arthur Guinness. And sales actually almost double. Uh, to 5 million pints on this specific day, which is an astounding amount of booze. So, you know, quarantine or not, uh, Guinness is going to get paid. So if you got stock in Guinness, kudos to you, and I hope you cash out on Thursday. Anyways, uh, moving right along, what else we got here? Um, In 1903, uh, St. Patrick's Day switched from a strictly holiday or holy day to an official Irish public holiday. So what we, what is that? Uh, 118 years ago, I guess? No. 
Yeah, 118. I think my math is on point with that one. Um, and then even though this is this is actually one of my favorite facts, and all of these facts have been real. I, I, I fact-checked them at least twice, uh, so most of this stuff is real. But although St. Patrick's Day falls within the period of Lent, uh, a time where the Catholic Church prohibits eating meat, uh, tomorrow the ban is lifted uh, for this specific day of celebration. And the only thing that I can say with that about special rules that the Catholic Church the irony is amazing, and I love it. Um, maybe we'll dive into those rules at, at another podcast, but we just wanted to get another fun one out, get the weekly podcast out, and uh, kind of give you a fun one to listen to, a quick one. Uh, so what else do we got here? Uh, there's an estimated 5.5 million people visit New York City's uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral each year. Uh, the White House started uh, the annual Shamrock Ceremony in 1952. Again, due to the pandemic and the covid I don't know if this is happening this year or not, but, uh, you know, traditionally, and the last one, Catholic families go to church in the morning of St. Patrick's Day and partake in a meal that includes cabbage and Irish bacon, which I was going to try to give you a quick overview of what the fuck Irish bacon is, but I do not know, and I do not want to go down that rabbit hole because I Googled it, and I found an article that said there are 14 different types of bacon, and I almost had a heart attack, so... You know, I love a good piece of swine once in a while, but I wasn't going to go down that rabbit hole on this podcast. Again, this is quick, rapid fire for you, the listener, just to kind of get your daily dose of curiosities and hear my stupid voice. Uh, so there you go. Um, I'm excited. I will be in Cleveland running around, running amok, and uh, giving the bands out. Like I said, last year I moved from San Diego after 14 years and came to Cleveland, and I was excited. I heard Cleveland had a great St. Patrick's Day kind of event and, and St. Patrick's Day experience, and uh, I got here three days before Cleveland shut down, or actually Ohio shut down. Uh, it was terrifying um, and kind of sad. Because I had just moved here, did not know anybody, and uh, very few people besides my family, and I got quarantined in my little my little uh, bachelor pad here in downtown Cleveland, and uh, didn't get to do shit except stare out the window and see the uh, the freezing ass cold in Cuyahoga River, uh, which is ironically green also. So kudos to Cleveland for keeping it filthy. Just kidding, Cleveland. I love you. Anyways. Uh, that's all I got. I'm excited for tomorrow. Uh, like I said, if you're in Cleveland and uh, running around, we'll be in the West Bank of the Flats handing out bands. And uh, other than that, please stay safe. Don't drink and drive. If you meet sacks, you human twos with teeth are even thinking about drinking and driving, don't fucking do it. Get a cab. Venmo me the receipt. I'll pay you back. Just be safe, y'all. Drink safe. Be safe. Carry some hand sanitizer and tons of masks. And, uh, you know... Just be be happy if you get to go out or if you live in a city that's actually fun and, and, and lifted the restrictions. I know a lot of people are kind of questioning what's going on. It is still a little eerie for me also, but, you know, I'm an OCD freak. I wash my hands 18 times a, a, a day, carry the hand sanitizer, and I got tons of masks. So I feel pretty confident about that. Um, but anyways, like I said, be safe. Thanks for listening. And, again, we'll get you a real podcast later this week. And uh, it'll be kind of diving into the different types of curiosity, uh, reading an interesting book about being curious. And uh, it's available on the, on the website. If you check out staycurious.org and check out the shop, we've added some new, new books there that are 
right up your alley if you need that kind of mental cognition, that need for cognition, if you will. Uh, so that's what we're here for is kind of tickle your brain, kind of create a mind gym for y'all. And, uh, you know, we got some actually interesting developments coming coming down the way, and we'll elaborate on, on later. But uh, one of them is exciting. We're going to do some adult coloring book pages, and we're going to kind of create some characters for you all, kind of like Winnie the Pooh, but like the different types of curiosity. And uh, got some interesting artists on board, and it's going to be fun. So, again, thank you for listening. Quick, quick podcast, quick edition of St. Patrick's Day. Be safe. Drink beer. Wash your fucking hands, ladies and gentlemen, and stay curious. Later.